Welcome to the Practical Growth Podcast. I'm your host, E.B. Johnson, top writer on Medium.com, published author, and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. You've landed on the podcast that takes you on a journey into the heart of relationships and self-discovery. This is a must listen for those who are ready to overcome their toxic relationships and their toxic patterns. You can expect real talk, practical guidance, and raw and relatable guests that you'll be talking about for weeks. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, hello again, and welcome back to a new episode of the Practical Growth Podcast. It is me, your favorite medium writer, your favorite TikTok educator, and your favorite NLP coach, EB. And we are back, back, back again with another great episode. It's another week, another new episode. Once again, I'm here to tantalize and to tingle your brains and to hopefully teach you something that you didn't know, something that's going to help you break some patterns and maybe have a new outlook on your your childhood, your past, uh, and your future, especially where narcissists are concerned. This episode is going to be really interesting to anyone who has been in a relationship with a narcissist, anyone who considers himself a a survivor of narcissistic abuse, um, who's had narcissistic parents. And what we're going to be talking about is this, the two parenting styles which are most credited with helping to create narcissistic adults. That's right. There are a lot of factors that go into narcissism. um, And today we're going to be focusing on a really central component of, you know, how narcissism develops. And that's parenting. That's parenting. That's the way a child is raised and what they are allowed to believe in throughout their childhood. So Buckle up because it is going to be a really fun ride. Just before we jump into things, though, I just want to remind you that spots are open now for my group coaching membership. Um, You can get instant access to exclusive content, polls and a private discord community where you can chat one on one with me and other survivors just like you who are rebuilding their lives and who are taking action to really transform the way they believe and the way they act in their relationships at work basically everywhere. The best part of this group coaching membership, of course, is the live workshops. You get multiple live workshops every month featuring me and featuring other incredible guest hosts. And we deep dive into everything, right? From recovering from trauma to taking back our lives after narcissistic abuse. These live workshops are delivered over Zoom and they also come with a live Q&A. So you can actually ask me questions in real time and get answers to, you know, the most important issues in your life. So So if you want to become a part of that group coaching membership, all you have to do is head over to patreon.com slash practical growth and you sign up there. There's no pressure. Um, You can cancel at any time. And it's a great way to build a community around yourself, people who understand what you've been through and, of course, to get coached by me. So if you want to become a part of that, make sure you head over and sign up today. It is first come, first serve, and spots are limited. So join the growth group and start taking some action to really improve your life. Make an investment in yourself, in your future, and your happiness, becoming the person you want to be by joining on patreon.com slash practical growth. All right. All right. All right. Let's get into it. We are talking narcissists. What makes them? How are narcissists created? You know, there's so much misinformation on the internet. I cannot tell you, it seems like multiple times a week now I end up in some calamitous confrontation on TikTok or Medium with someone who says, all narcissism comes from childhood trauma. Narcissism is a trauma response. And that's, you know, that's not really the whole truth. Okay. There's a lot of misinformation out there about narcissism. And that's understandable because narcissism 
narcissism is incredibly complex. We're not just talking about a diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder, okay? Although we will touch on that. Narcissism, being a narcissistic person means to have an unhealthy obsession with self, an unhealthy prioritization of self. It's taking that love of self too far. But the real issue is that it's rooted in insecurities, which drive that self-love to a really insecure, superficial place. It causes the narcissistic person to desire to be over others, even if that means subjecting them through manipulation and through trauma and through abuse. A narcissistic person doesn't have to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. When we say a narcissistic person in these spaces where we talk about abuse, what we're really talking about is these people, again, who have the unhealthy high levels of narcissism in which causes them to inflict harm on others. So that's really what we're talking about here. And that's a complex state of mind to get into. It may not seem like it, right? Because we've so many people boil it down to, oh, they get hurt as children or their parents don't pick them up enough. And so all narcissists become narcissists because of that. And that's not entirely true. So there are a lot of elements at play. Of course, that is a part of it, right? Parenting is a part of it. That's why we're going to be talking about it today. There's also neurochemical components at play. There are outside environmental elements at play. There's a lot that goes into making a narcissistic person. But parenting, 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 parenting is certainly a foundational aspect of how someone could develop narcissism, narcissistic tendencies, or even narcissistic personality disorder in their adult life. Now, there are two parenting styles which are primarily thought to contribute to that parental element of narcissistic personality disorder or a narcissistic person. But before we take a look at those two primary parenting styles, uh, we need to really remind ourselves of what a narcissist looks like, what a narcissistic person actually looks like, because it has gotten so watered down on TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Medium, everywhere. It's gotten so watered down. So let's just kind of recap again what a narcissistic person actually looks like, right? It's not just self-obsession. It's not just an arrogant person. That's not really what it is. Yes, they have grandiose delusions about who they are and like what role they inhabit in society. They will be obsessed with their own kind of self-brilliance. Like I'm the smartest person in the room. I am, you know, the most special, unique person in the room. Um, they have a need for admiration, no matter what kind of narcissist you're dealing with. And they, they exploit others. They have an empathy deficit. That's really, really key is that empathy deficit. Um, and they're overwhelmed kind of by, you know, this envy and this sense of entitlement. Okay. That's what we're talking about with a narcissist. And that manifests in different ways. You've got covert narcissists or what's being called now the vulnerable narcissist who does it by acting like the victim, right? That's how they get their admiration. That's how they meet that sense of entitlement. That's how they single themselves out as the most special and important person in the room by being the biggest victim. And then you have the, the kind of overt, the grandiose narcissist, which is, it's more of the stereotypical type, right? They stride big around the world and they beat their chests and they throw temper tantrums and, and center themselves everywhere all the time. And that's great. It's, it's good to understand how those people exist in the world so that we can then take it backwards and understand how they could possibly come to this place where they demand the attention, they demand to be the center of everything, they want to be the most important person, but it all comes from insecurity. 
it all comes fundamentally from insecurity because only an insecure person needs to project themselves so boldly. Only an insecure person needs to center themselves and be constantly validated and soothed emotionally by the people around them. So how is that person made then? How is this toxic stew put together? Well, parenting is absolutely a part of it. Parenting is absolutely a part of it. So that is what we are going to take a look at now. The two main parenting styles which are thought to contribute to this kind of narcissism, this narcissistic personality, this insecure person with grandiosity and attention-seeking behaviors. The two parenting styles which are thought to contribute the most to narcissistic personality disorder were first theorized in the 70s. So in 1971 and 1977, there was an Austrian psychoanalyst, uh, Heinz Kohut, who established what's called the self-psychology model, okay? And in that self-psychology model, he broke down a lot of things, but he specifically took a really deep dive into personality disorders. And he did this in two books, The Analysis of Self and The Restoration of Self. So in these books, it was some of the first significant theories of narcissistic personality disorder. This is some of the first times that we see narcissistic personality disorder mentioned. Um, and given these kinds of diagnoses, given these kinds of theories and this kind of deeper thinking, this deeper questioning of how could this develop? Where could these origins be? So when Kohut was kind of looking at these children, which he followed for some time and, and was watching these narcissistic tendencies develop in them, he questioned, like, what are the parents doing? What is the common thread here between the parents of these children and these behaviors, these personalities we're seeing later on in life? Now, he acknowledged that there was, you know, a lot of elements at play, but he wanted to look at what is the pattern that is repeating with these parents and these children who end up being narcissists. The first parent who was noted here was the cold and aloof parent. Okay. So this is a parent who is emotionally distant. Okay. First and foremost, they are emotionally distant. They are unwilling to bond with their child, or maybe they're unable to bond with their child because there's some kind of mental disorder or, you know, let's think about just how chaotic life is. Maybe, you know, the parents are working outside the home all the time and dealing with all the stress of just keeping themselves afloat. And they never really invest that time in bonding emotionally on a deeper level with their child. Um, it's also for parents who have an inappropriate emotional bond with their child. Maybe they, maybe there's emotional incest at play there, right? They're putting too much of an emotional burden on their child. But these cold and aloof parents, these parents with these inappropriate emotional relationships, they create children who are insecure in themselves. Okay. They're insecure in not only themselves, but they're also insecure in their environments. They're anxious. They're fearful. They're uncertain. And there's a distinct lack of empathy in the cold and aloof parenting style as well. Um, mentally, emotionally, physically abusive parents can all fall into this category. And so do the neglectful ones. Okay. It's, there's never that emotional safety. The child can never really expand emotionally, confront big emotions. Everything has to be harbored away. And there's no example of how to deal with those emotions. And there's no real connection that's being built there. So while a warm parent, a loving parent, a healthy parent will teach their child to feel secure, to express their emotions, to feel whatever they need to feel, the cold and aloof parent who is on the other end of the spectrum does the opposite. 
they create an environment, a home in which the child, there's just no experimenting with their sense of self, right? They don't ever receive healthy validation. And because of that, they become adults. They turn into adults who seek that emotional validation in others who maybe hold other people accountable for their emotions. They, they become externally directed, which is at the core of narcissism. Again, something a lot of people don't realize. Narcissists have no like internal direction. They are forever chasing outward validation, what they think they are supposed to have, the mask they think they are supposed to have, the the, you know, life they think they are supposed to project to others. They are forever chasing that. And that's where a lot of that grandiosity can come in. And it can start with just these parents who never connect with them on an emotional level or who make them feel emotionally unsafe in childhood. The second type of parent that Kohut noticed was absolutely fascinating because we usually were like, okay, the cold and aloof parent, fine. So then the second type of parent must be the highly abusive parent, the terrorizing parent, the super scary parent. And you would be wrong. You would be wrong. What is really, really interesting is what he noticed even back in the 1970s was that the second type of parenting that was most likely to kind of contribute to kids who grew into narcissists was like the grand self-projecting parent. Okay. And this parent was completely different from the cold and aloof parent, completely different. Some of them were super involved in their children's lives. You would probably call some of them helicopter parents. Um, And they were all about their kid and making sure their kid had everything and did everything and that their kid was the best. And they did this. And here's the real rub, right? This is why it's contributing. They did this because they were using their child as a direct source of self-esteem. They saw their children as direct extensions of themselves. And because of that, they played up all the child's strengths. Everything that the child did was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But when the child did something bad or wrong, they minimized it. They downplayed it. They ignored it. They acted like it didn't exist. Okay, they didn't punish them for it. That was not really the theme. It just was kind of ignored. Maybe there was a bit of coldness, but it was ignored and everything good about the child was played up so grandly. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, friends, welcome to Tea with TJ, where every sip brings you closer to insightful conversations and delightful discoveries. Join me every Wednesday as I navigate through topics ranging from culture, creativity, personal growth, all over a soothing cup of tea. Relax, unwind, and expand your mind with Tea with TJ. Subscribe now on all your favorite podcast platforms and brew up some wisdom with me. And remember, be kind, keep sipping, and I'll see you next week. That they grew up to be adults who went out into the world like grandiose narcissists who strode over everything and tried to be perfect all the time and were ambitious and hungry and wanted to take everything. But, and this is where, again, you see the flaw in the narcissism. What happened is that they also ended up being wildly (laughs) insecure adults because they didn't know how to deal with their shortcomings. They didn't know how to deal with their flaws or their mistakes. So when they were confronted with one, it completely broke and destroyed their egos. 
Do you see the pattern there? They were raised by parents who were like, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great. Everything about you is only great. There's only good and great. And they never taught their child how to be human and whole and to accept the times when they're not so great. And there we see the source of narcissism from that parenting style. Of course, today, psychology has advanced even more. Our understanding of narcissism is expanding every single day. We know that these are not the only two sources of parenting now, these styles of parenting, which can create narcissism. There's a lot more, but these are two kinds of foundation stones that we really have to consider and we really have to look at when we're breaking our own patterns because they are fundamental. They are fundamental. If you get the the wrong child in that environment, right, with either one of those parenting styles, let's say a child who's already genetically predisposed to narcissism, a child who is maybe developing neurochemically and there's certain balances or imbalances which make them more prone to that behavior there is so much at play and these two parenting styles are absolutely a core component of that which cannot be denied especially if we're honest and truthful about wanting to break this pattern break these styles of parenting patterns that help to feed into people that even have the option to become narcissists as adults If we can allow ourselves to accept the fact that parents play a central role in people who grow up to become narcissists or to develop narcissistic personality disorder, then we're one step closer. We are one step closer. Um, And that's we're not even considering the inherited aspects at this point. We're just thinking about the treatment of these children that can help contribute to the beliefs and behaviors that put them on the narcissistic spectrum. If we want to break those patterns, there's, as a society, things that we have to do. First, we have to create more realistic parenting standards. We have to hold terrible parents accountable. And thirdly, we have to insist, insist on better education for people who choose to become parents. We have to do away with the delusions which exist around parenting and family. The family unit should not be used for personal validation. It shouldn't be for the grandstanding of parental ego. We have to like kind of drop this idea that we can be a part of the Brady Bunch. We can create our own Brady Bunch because it makes us feel good as parents. We have to get rid of those concepts and allow parents to be, like live freely and openly in the truth that things are rough. It's it's an almost impossible and it definitely is an ungrateful task. And they need to seek help for significant abnormalities that they notice. From that place, we are empowered to start holding bad parents accountable. When we change this kind of delusional pedestal that we've put the family unit on, we can then move to hold bad parents accountable. We can acknowledge them. We can expose them. We can bring them out to light. And we can cut the endless supply that these insecure and narcissistic people have by creating children who are powerless, who are stuck to them and have no choice but to give them whatever it is they demand of them. Okay, and that's how we're going to break with these abusive, controlling people who become these emotionally distant, cold, aloof parents that create more narcissists down the line. Last but not least, it's that educational component, right? That number three, the educational component. Parenting is one of the few jobs in the world that has no qualifications attached to it. No qualifications attached to it. We don't even like give new parents so much as a, you know, a terrible Dr. Spock book. When they leave the hospital with a baby in their arms, right? There's just nothing. It's one of the most important jobs in the world, and it has fewer qualifications than a commercial pilot and less support than what a commercial pilot gets as well. 
So if society wants to insist on this carte blanche, everybody becomes a parent, you get a kid and you get a kid, you get a kid, um, then it needs to provide parents with extensive and compulsory education on the development of children and the appropriate way to parent those children. Because, yes, there is a right and a wrong way to parent every single child dependent on that child's individual needs, which varies from child to child. So if you have four children, you might have to have four parenting styles. And that takes some education to learn how their brains and their bodies develop so that you can parent them accordingly. Okay, so that's got to be a part of it. If we want to stop this pattern of, of broken people, begetting broken people, begetting broken people. And there has to be an insistence on education and educating parents about reality. Because the truth is we've come to a breaking point, right? We've come to the cliff's edge. Now we've got to make a serious decision because the fact of the matter is narcissistic traits are on the rise. They've been tracking them for decades, decades. In America, the narcissistic traits are the highest. And they know now from significant research that societies with high narcissistic traits, there is significant deterioration of social standards, of the economy, of political bodies. Okay, it causes conflict, upset and erosion of normal social systems. So this is crucial that we break this pattern now and we start raising children with empathy with empathy and with the ability to look beyond their pain, to look beyond themselves and to consider the full width and breadth of the human experience. And that is only going to happen with a conscious shift as a society and a commitment to destroying the pattern of narcissism and creating healthier interpersonal relationships across the board, period. There's just no other way to go about it. We're all going to have to get out of our own ways, get rid of our egos and accept what it means to be imperfect in the pursuit of a better world. And surely we owe ourselves that if we're so in love with our species and we think we have such a grand right to this world, surely then we're going to do what it takes to get out of our way and to make it happen. And we're going to start now with this generation that is coming up. It's a pretty simple choice if you ask me. Thank you so, so much for listening today. That is our episode. That is it. I hope you learned something. If you are a victim of narcissistic abuse, a survivor, I should say, if you have survived a narcissistic partner, narcissistic parents, a narcissistic family system, whatever it is, then I hope you found something in here which has been like an aha. Well, that makes sense. I hope it's helped you put the puzzle together and maybe realize something that is going to bring you some peace. It's going to bring you a little calm. It's going to bring you a little more happiness. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy the episode, if you did find something from it, then think about leaving a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps me out. It helps people find this podcast and it helps them, you know, get the help they need, you know, get the validation that they need. So uh, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. I'll also give you a free ebook if you do. All you got to do is leave the review, take a screenshot of it and send it to me. Admin at therealebjohnson.com. And that's it. I'll send you a free ebook right from my shop. So get in there, leave that five-star review, help me out on Apple Podcasts and help people find the show. I really do work hard on it um, along with Medium and TikTok. So thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, until next time, I will see you next week. Find me on TikTok and on Medium. 
I'll see you soon. Keep your heads up. Keep your eyes on the stars. Keep moving forward. Bye-bye.